This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. on uh, Twitch Landia. Hope you're enjoying the pregame chat. It's always a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Off the cuff. Except for Francis, of course. He has not much to anything. Hmm. Go Sorry. back. Hit it. Hit what, it. What'd they say in chat? What was that earlier? No, I'm just kidding. Do it again. That uh, Reese is awesome and we wish he was here. I think that's what they were saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, as always, guys, Signals from the Frontline, episode 588, brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount every day of the week. Brought to you, as always, by your host, Reese and Francis and the Salty Banana. Hello. That's a band. That's a good band name. That's a Should great intro. Francis right and the Salty Banana. Because it's such an implication. What's happening with the Salty Banana? Well, maybe he likes a Danish treat. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that was a good, yeah. good retort. Good retort. I Who like doesn't? It. I wish somebody in Denmark would send us a box Sal- of salted bananas. Because it's not oh, an actual it? banana. It's, they said it's a candy. Oh. Yeah. What does it? Is it a salty banana flavored treat? I don't know. That would make they sense. They eat a lot of like cod and stuff though. So Ugh. Ugh. they put mayonnaise on their French fries, which is wrong. Yeah, yeah. they do the, that in Europe, right? That is yeah, the incorrect like way. Canadians put uh, put uh, gravy on it, which is really good. That's correct. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> they call that they call that poutine, and it is amazing. It's got Delicious. cheese curds. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when I was in Belgium, they, how are they not fat like Americans? They, so they serve French fries as like like it's like a you just get a, like a French fry vendor, like a hot dog vendor. Mm-hmm. And they've got like a piece of paper, they wrap it into a cone, they fill it up. The French fries are really good, to be fair. They're like really deep fried, like potato wedges. And then like, I'm like, yeah. And then they're oh, like, mayonnaise. And I'm like, Ooh. get this out of my face, <laughs> you freak. I actually like mayonnaise. I probably like that. Oh, yeah. I fucking hate it. You know, mayonnaise. if you're on like the keto diet though, Jason, you're like, you're in heaven. So but you, you would have to get rid of the, the, the potatoes and just eat the mayonnaise. What? In the che- if you're on a keto diet, it's all fat. <laughs> so you just get a, a cup full of mayonnaise? And cheese. Yeah. That's mayonnaise disgusting. and cheese. You just eat it. That That's is all. the most disgusting thing you've ever seen. Like pepper on it. Eat. Didn't you watch him like eat out of the I don't watch I did keto, I, I did like keto for a while, while and it was, like, it was bad. I would eat a lot of mayonnaise. You are weird. I would add butter to everything. He's eating like all fat. Half a stick. That's disgusting. All right. Well, let's move. Let's get on with the show. So we do sometimes talk about games. And uh, Jason's one job, the salty banana, is to keep us on point with the notes, and he sucks. This is at his great. Job. Look at this. We're on I the love intro. that he uses a ball mouse and Reese can't, can't use it. Like, especially like, left handed. Like, Dang it! That, no. that was like that was like when I was in Australia and I was trying to drive, and it was a stick shift, and it, it was oh, everything was, it was backwards. Opposite, yeah. Oh my god! So nobody uses my computer. Can't, can't you know what? At least the clutch and the brake and the gas were on the right feet. That oh, one. Could you imagine if it really was screwed me up, dude? Like the gas is your left foot. I'd be, be like, like impossible. Ah. Yeah, it was very difficult. I only had my whole family in the car. I was like sweating bullets, dude. Like driving out of Sydney, I was like, oh my God. I was probably just making fun of you the whole time. No, my dad was like, he was nervous too. He uh, was like, we were both of us were like, oh man. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a little bit challenging. You get used to it pretty quick. Yeah. So at any rate, guys, new release this week from Games Workshop up for pre-order. Of course, you can get this from us here at frontlinegaming.org at a discount. Mm-hmm. Free shipping in the continental United States for orders $99 and up. Two new Shades Power Warbands. We have the Farshiders and Magor's Bloody Men. Fiends. Fiends. Magor's <laughs> Bloody Men. I don't know. It's some corn blood thing. Covered in blood. That would be yeah. pretty good. His Bloody Men. 
Magor's Blood Men. <laughs> I can't. Bloody Men sounds better. Yeah. So at any rate, uh, you can pick those up. Two new Shadespire Warbands, very cool. And of course, uh, we do have the Shadespire track now up and op, uh, functional in the ITC. So if you're running Shadespire events out there in the world and you want to get ITC points for it, which in the ITC Tournament Organizers Facebook group, which if you are organizing events in the ITC, you should join that group. It's a private group, so you have to email me, contact at frontlinegaming.org. Everyone was stoked, super, super hyped. So uh, we want to get the information out there so people can start tracking their events uh, and get their ITC points. A lot of fun. Uh, definitely, definitely want to check that out. Go to uh, bestcoastpairings.org. They have an FAQ on how to use it. It's basically the exact same thing. Yeah. So very straightforward. Uh, also, big news, a little bit late in the game, but um, uh, I was on vacation last month, so eh, I, I wish I would have got this out there before I left on vacation, but I forgot. Uh, but we will be running an RTT at Kingdom Con. So a lot of you know that as the Broadside Bash. Uh, the two kind of events joined together. The Broadside Bash is at Kingdom Con. Mm -hmm. We'll be running an RTT on Friday uh, at Kingdom Con. So if you want to come play in just like a bog standard uh, 40k ITC style uh, three round event at Kingdom Con, please do so. You can buy the tickets over at Kingdom Con, uh, the website. The link is in the show notes. Uh, it's going to be really straightforward. Three rounds uh, in the day, three hour rounds. And we're just going to add up battle points uh, to see who is the champion. Really straightforward. So hopefully we'll see some people there. I think we have room for 32 people. Yep. Yeah. It's a little late. I know a lot of people are traveling. It's going to be impossible to uh, come because you're probably leaving on Friday. Mm -hmm. But um, we just wanted to make people aware of it. And hopefully as many people as possible show up because all the terrain will be set up. It's the beautiful broadside bash terrain. So yeah, should be a lot of fun. Uh, and registration begins at 8 a.m. Uh, on Friday. So if you're going to come Bang. by... Come, Come hang out. Don't be late. Come hang out. And if you have any questions, please email me at contact at frontlinegaming.org. So really big news. We have a 25% off FLG mat sale going on right now through Monday the 16th of April mm -hmm. this year. Uh, this only applies to our North American web cart. You can order it from out of the country if you want. Please email orders at frontlinegaming.org. Um, shipping can be a little rough depending on where you're at. But uh, you can take advantage of the savings. It might offset the shipping cost. Mm -hmm. uh, but for those of you that, uh, that this is most applicable to, uh, we barely ever do these sales, right? Like I think it's twice a year. At most. Yeah. We do Black Friday, and then sometimes we do one mid-year like we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. uh, great opportunity to get a couple mats that you've had your eye on that 25% uh, off is a huge deal. Yeah. Uh, and the way it works out, too, is if you get two 4x6s, you get free shipping. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. And to kind of go hand-in-hand uh, hand with the sale, we did launch a brand-new design. I think it's awesome. Mars Base. Uh, really, really cool. It would go great for any science fiction miniatures game. Uh, particularly well, if you're playing 40K, it'd be great for, like, Admech or Necrons or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you put any of the, um, the GW uh, Sector Mechanicum train on there. Oh, oh it looks great. That looks sweet. It looks put, like, a cool, cool, like, landing pad in the middle. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. You can make it a really evocative, beautiful uh, scene for your tabletop miniatures games. And of course, we have this in all sizes, although uh, we already sold out of 6x3s. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't see them in the web cart, it's not because we don't have them. We just don't have them right now. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, the 6x3s turn out to be more popular than anticipated. We, we will restock. It's going to take probably yeah, a Legion month or two. Super popular. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, Legion, and then unexpectedly, we were surprised. Yeah, we were surprised, surprised at how surprised. popular yeah. it was. But um, we'll be getting more. Uh, turns out that was a good size. So mm -hmm. yeah. sorry that we don't have them now. They sold out like really before the sale could even go very far. Right. So uh, if you're one of the like three people, congratulations. Well yeah. <laughs> but yeah, please take advantage of this. Like we said, the sale runs through Monday. April 16th, and that's it. And you, you won't have another opportunity to save any money probably until Christmas. Yeah. Uh, we, we rarely yeah. do these sales. All right, so moving on to the top, the main topic of the podcast, uh, Ideneth Deepkin, a brand new Age of Sigmar faction. They've been hinting at it for a while. It's uh, really, the models are astounding. They're, I, I think they're some of the best looking models GW's ever put out. Astonishing. Yeah. Now, let's talk about, the, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Boys, gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, they are sea creatures. Yes. Yeah. They will. Didn't yeah. You know they're elves. There's an aether ocean. Is this like aether gold? Do you want to uh, explain? Similar, but different. Can I explain the fluff? Yeah, you can. Which I thought was actually fluff. really good. Okay. Okay. Tell me about, so, tell here, me about the Drukari. I mean, yeah. the deep king. So the cool thing is, like, out of the out of the the freaking shadows comes uh, Teclas. Uh, is mentioned again. So. So wait, wait, let, back up a little bit. Sure. For those of you who aren't familiar with the old fantasy yeah. uh, history, who is Teclas? Teclas is the twin brother of Tyrion, who were like the high elf in the old fantasy setting, um, major heroes, yeah. um, and also a big part of the end times. Yeah, he doesn't believe in tech. No. He's Teclas. Teclas. That was good. Wow, you're so sharp. Yeah. Um, sharp as so, a bowling ball. You're quick. So. Uh, Anyways, uh, they, him and his brother, when the world was destroyed and then the whole Age of Sigmar setting began, um, they were resurrected as the gods of light in the realm of light. So um, that's kind of what they're doing. However, not much has been said about them since the very beginning of the game. So like when they did the whole, like, here's Age of Sigmar and here's the universe, they kind of mentioned that they, the elf gods couldn't find any of their followers and then they went off and they captured Slaanesh and they got him and that was it. You haven't really heard anything much about those two. So it was cool to see him come back and... As you saw with the fluff in the um, the Daughters of Cain, what what happened is the the elves that got together, which was Malaketh, um, um, what's their name, Marathi, Teclas, and Tyrion, and Ilariel, they captured Slanesh uh, and um, released all the elf souls into the world, the new world, and anyone who participated got like part of those elf souls that they can recreate the elf race. They didn't like they didn't just bring it to 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 being, they had to like take the souls. And now that because they're kind of like demigods, they can like morph those elf souls into their own how they want them to look. So Teclas took his portion and made the the deepkin, yeah. but um, they got the the souls that he had got were completely warped because of their time in Slanesh, and they were soulless, Ooh. or they had withered souls, which we've seen. Whoa. In the 40k universe, well, the Dark Elder don't have the they don't have withered souls, but, but they, their souls they are, have are, to consume other right. people so that they don't die. Right, and so what happened is, is Teclis was like, "Oh my God, what did I make?" Like he had a <laughs> he had a Frankenstein's monster type moment, and he tried to kill him, and they're like, "Oh crap!" And they ran away, <laughs> and they fled into the ocean, where they were able to use magic to live, and they uh, and so what they did is is then they like created this new civilization. They started. Um, uh, they figured out that they actually um, are born without uh, souls or like really horrible withered souls that like, they didn't explain the drawback on that, but what happens is that they had to go consume other people's souls in order to live, which is the same as the Dark Elder. And it extends their lives and all that kind of stuff. Because so, they're trying to avoid being consumed by Slanesh. Yes. Well, no, no, that's not weird. It. They, they, it doesn't explain why having the withered souls is bad. It just says they had them. 
But then they had to go get souls from other people. So they'll go and get them from other elves or uh, humans or dwarves. It doesn't matter who, even though they're part of order. The rest of the order is like, oh my god, these guys. Um, it's the same with Daughters of Cain. Like they are way more chaotic than yeah. orderly, but and they so, hate chaos. They hate the forces of chaos. And so, but they they live in in the ocean, and then they're able through their magic, they're able to create like an air ocean around them that Ooh. like is has the same characteristics as the ocean, like over time. But uh, it lets them breathe because like in the in the the Warhammer 40k, the the community, so the, the Warhammer community page. Uh, one of the latest posts where they're explaining the fluff. They're like, you might be wondering why they're riding sea turtles and sharks, and how is it possible? Well, Aether Ocean, and you're like, oh. They should have just said Aether Gold. Aether Sea is what it's called. They should have just said Aether Gold, because then it could be the arch nemesis of the carriage and overlords. I would have been happier if they would have been like... They're like swimming up to fight their boats. If they would have been like, you might be wondering why, magic. That would have been great. Just the word. Like, and everyone's like, oh, I get it. <laughs> so, but anyways. Said, Stay tuned and never explain it. So that's why, way that's why they're riding sharks and turtles because they're like, it's kind of like they're under the ocean, but like not. So then when you're oh, fighting them, how do you not drown? You do eventually. Yeah. Oh. So like, so like the <laughs> okay. area, they have like a bubble around them. And so like, and it's magic, it's like a magical bubble that lets them like, cause they live under the water. Um, it, it lets them like be out in the open under the air, but eventually, like they are explaining in the the post, that the landscape around them will change, um, and it'll start growing like coral reefs and stuff like that. So it's kind of a cool fluff. Yeah. Um, like but anyways, I just thought it was funny that Teclis like made him and was like, "Oh crap!" and then just tried to kill him. <laughs> He's like, "What did I do?" And then he ran off and like they like scurried away into the ocean. And Teclis was like, "Ah, dang it, rats!" <laughs> Spoil- <laughs> Missed it by that much. And that was like his that was probably his like his type of souls. And now he's like, "Dang it!" He's like, "Tyrion, can I have some yours?" He's like, "Oh no, bro!" And he He's hits like, him in the face because uh, Te- uh, Tyrion was like the jock. Yeah, Teclis was the nerdy He's like, Yeah, he's like, "Sorry, nerd." <laughs> I'm gonna go make some bros. We're gonna go lift weights. Some bro elves. Some bro elves. They're just playing beer pong. <laughs> that would be awesome. I wanna be on that faction. Yeah. <laughs> They're all like pop He's like, I'm gonna go create Gryffindor, bruh. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. That's from Mariana. Good, good. Yeah, I like that. I liked it. So then, Frankie, why don't you talk about the rules a little bit? Oh, yeah, the, the like two or three rules. No, they're they really interesting. Yeah, we'll, do, we'll do these ones, then we'll go to the other page. Yeah. Well, they got power from pain. I mean, the rising tide. Okay, here, let's, yeah, go the to, rising let's go to, tides. let's do that one first. <laughs> Sink all ships, right? Okay, so this is from their page. Um, so they have uh, escalating rules depending on what turn it is. Yeah, yes, it's which uh, is very similar to Dark Eldar, yeah. which is kind mm. of Some There's actually multiple Age of Sigmar factions that have a similar. Yeah. The well, daughters, the, the, of daughters of Cain, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But their army-wide rule is really powerful, right? You can't shoot um, missile weapons at anybody that is not the closest unit, right? Which is really yeah. and strong. that's based off their fluff in that, like, they their thing is they have a magical aura that will make people forget that they've ever actually interacted or seen them before, yeah. and it helps them like keep their secret that you know, and that's part of it. It's pretty good. It's uh, quite possibly one of the best rules we've seen. Yeah. yeah, like my army is a shooting free people army. This would really yeah. screw me up. You're like, hi, you get to shoot the sea turtle. Have like, fun, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, like, eat rockets in water. I have tor- their torpedoes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, their torpedo rockets. <laughs> I like it. Um, and then their, uh, what is it? It's Tides of Death table. Right. Ooh, so on turn one, uh, what is it? Scroll You count as being in cover. You count as being in cover. Which that's is like, reno- that's like crazy strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just get plus one saved, everybody. Not bad. Uh, in turn two, uh, all units can run and still shoot and charge, but not both. So you can do one or the other. 
still really good. They should yeah. have mentioned that this is not so like unlike a lot of armies that that get these by doing things. This mm -hmm. just happens, and it's supposed to represent the the battlefield um, becoming more and more like being underwater. It's like the yeah. magical energy is building up. Um, number three in this battle round, units with the tide of death uh, trait fight before any other units. That's so, crazy strong in Age of Sigmar. Very powerful. Um, uh, turn four in this battle round, all units with the tide of death trait uh, can retreat and still shoot or charge. Can't do both again. Um, so you can either leave combat and shoot or still charge. Pretty powerful. And then uh, five. You start over. You start over. Mm -hmm. Really, really, really strong. Yeah. Well, so I mean, but turn five though, like turn one, you get defense, mm -hmm. which is what you want. Right. And then turn five, you get defense, which is usually what you want because you're camping on an objective. Yeah. So th these are really well thought out and they're really good bonuses. Mm -hmm. uh, and then of course the models kind of go without saying they're amazing. They are beautiful. And when you see yeah. them in with the uh, scale comparisons, the guys that are like riding on like a cape of a wave, they're enormous. Yeah, yeah. The base size is the same as um, it's the same as the Celestine Prime, and um, it's that big round base down thing that's come on, like the uh, what is it, the the orc warlord on the brute. Yeah. It's thing the same one cool as like the Gash, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so. it's huge. Yeah. Uh, if you want to jump over to the other notes, so it's uh, it looks like he's about the same size as the Gash too. Like the actual model, the elf is normal elf size. Yeah. But he's he's got all this accoutrement that makes him look just really crazy. Like humongous. his giant hat. Yeah. yeah. Well, like elves hat. always Bigger have big hat. hats. Yeah. I mean, elves powerful. always have big hats. Dude. Well, they said that it's a it's a multi part kit too, where you can uh, uh, it makes two. You types can make a guy similar. who like specializes in close combat or like a magic user. Yeah. yeah. And they uh, show off one of the units. I don't think they said what unit it no, was. The blade is for the the chicks that have no hair. Yeah, yeah. but it has their rules too. So they they have six inch move, bravery six. Um, and then they have, what, two attacks, hitting on threes, winning on threes, minus one AP. It's your standard elite infantry. It's pretty powerful. Attack profile. Yeah. That's like pretty much across the board in EOS. If you're uh, better than normal infantry, you hit on three, wound on three, and you're in one. Yeah, that's great. With two attacks. That's like pretty much bog standard. Yeah. And then there's a special rule they have. Um, I'm not sure what unit, but when they charge, uh, they're immune to rend, and they also have a three-up save if they charged. Immune to rend is... Um, it's, it's the, uh, the Ish, Ishland Guard. There you go. Whatever those are. I think that's their basic people. Yeah. They're, they're, um, they're warriors. That's, so that's, that's pretty strong. good. Three-up save any turn they charge, and they're immune to rend. Yeah, well, yeah like we it. haven't seen that. Like, Soros warriors and stuff get, like, ignore minus one rend. Well, then like, the, this uh, is all the Bastilodon ignores rend all the time, yeah. and it's crazy good. Yep. And so like powers cool. that immune rend. It's very, very powerful. So they're really, really cool models. I'm curious to see how the community reacts, like how popular it's going to be, because it is so different. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we have the really cool shipwreck. <laughs> shipwreck. Uh, We're seeing terrain pieces now in the game that interact nice. with the models. Yeah. So you had it with the um, the Nurgle forest thing, and then now this. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're, they're absolutely amazing. And then you've got the wizard with the, his little like octopus buddies holding his scrolls. And his mace. Yeah, he's like, the the octopus is like his one. bodyguard. He's got yeah. a sword too. Yeah. He's, like, he's all thanks, Octa, Octa bro. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I love it. I think these models are really really cool. So yeah, I'm curious to see how it plays on the tabletop. Um, the models are amazing. It's a mix. It looks it's a mix of of uh, of dark elf and high elf to me. It looks like a lot of the armor. Yeah. yeah. Like if you look at their their basic foot guys, like very similar armor to like the old like dark elf executioners. Yeah. Um, Stuff like that, right? And, and then, um, I think yeah, they did a great job with the um, the painting on this army too. Though they actually look like they're from the ocean, yeah, which is cool. No, I, I think it's fantastic. I, I really, really like it. 
This is pretty bold move. It's an army that like it's Aquaman. Just it's just strange, right? Like this is definitely yeah. a, a big departure, yeah. um, and I think it's really cool. I like it a lot. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Like Daughters yeah. of Cain were brand new at Adepticon, mm -hmm. and they did okay. But it's like they're still so new that it's hard to really judge yeah. how that army is going to perform. So it's going to take a couple months for this something this new right. to really like find its you know its path forward in the in the community. Yeah. Uh, in other news, also extremely exciting, a new Primarch from Forge World. This is for 30k, mm -hmm. and uh, it's Alpharius. So I like how they explain, like, Alpharius is known for using disguises and uh, being hard to find. Like, But this is him in his, like, formal outfit, basically. Uh, yeah. At least they explained it, because yeah. I was a little disappointed. Like, like, this is Alpharius when he's, like, just, like showing you, like, hey, this is, I'm the man. Yeah. Uh, but of course, all the jokes are it's not Alpharius. Yeah, who, is that? Could that be Alpharius? Yeah. It's Omegon, Yeah, it could be, and it could just be a regular space marine because the Alpharius and Omegon were uh, were said to be about similar height to just regular space marines. Like they yeah. were created to not stand out. Well, they would constantly disguise themselves as like you know, yeah, they'd be like a trooper, yeah, four, yeah. And then all all Alpha Legion Marines look like Alpharius and Omegon. They look in the face. Yeah, they, they all look, look the same. They all look the same. So it's a, it's. It makes it extremely difficult, if not impossible, to tell who's who. And that, that's the point, though. Actually, when you really dig into the Alpha Legion uh, lore, they are probably the most interesting Legion in the game. Because um, in the lore, they, like Alpharius and Omegon basically rumored to be presented with the choice of, like, mm -hmm. you, you kind of, like, if you, if you go chaos, you're actually helping mankind. You, yeah, yeah. But if you don't, it's the doom of mankind. So you either have to be a traitor and a bastard... Yeah. Or not. And then supposedly it's like Omegon made one decision but then died and then Alpharius was like, well, okay, we're going to join Chaos because ultimately it's it's helping the Imperium. It's like this bizarre double agent but like half the, the Alpha Legion don't know about it or mm -hmm. most of them don't know. Really, really interesting. Yeah. Well, Eldrad is the one that went and, and spoke to them and showed them the different, uh, what's going to happen on these two different paths. And then, you know, and, and then it's like you guys need to choose. And then, of course, you know, it turns out that they do choose to uh to go with the chaos side they choose to be damned in order to try and save they said like some know, yeah the, the choice because this was actually a horse heresy novel um the choice was like either side with the emperor and then eventually the human race will be completely wiped out or side yeah. with horus and the, the chaos gods and yeah most of the humanity is gonna be wiped out but some humans will stay alive like your your race won't be wiped out completely um and so, so they they thought that was the better move. Alpha Legion is one of the ones that actually likes the humans, right? Like most space marines. No, they all like do. I mean, or... they did. They just were apart, but they were still like created to like protect humans. They're like yeah. kind of robots, like that. Yeah, the, the Alpha Legion really has compelling backstory. Yeah. Uh, really, really interesting. The salamanders are the ones that are like They're super noble. love humans yeah. and yeah. like will yeah. will like risk like Their they lives. they won't like go and push the enemy because if they have to protect human settlements and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And space wolves like go out of the way to keep humans safe too, but they're also like barbaric. Like they are the emperor's executioners. Yeah. So it's like they're weird. They have this like dynamic, like this kind of like dual nature. But like the space wolves won't go out. Like they don't treat humans badly. Yeah. Uh, if they can avoid it. You know. Whereas like the Ultramarines hate humans. They don't no. hate them. They just they the don't Ultramarines joking. have the best. Kidding. Like if you're an Ultramar sector, you're happy. Yeah, yeah but no, but there's but for their like their structure, they're, they're certainly above humans. Like they feel yeah. like they're they, you know, they, I don't know. But the model That's, we can do a whole podcast on is amazing. Yeah, yeah, Alpharius is awesome. Uh, definitely probably gonna be very popular. Um, check it out. Yep. Now I'm waiting for the next Primark in 40k because. Uh, <sighs> 
I don't see it happening until 2019. I mean, we Just don't because know. of how much we have to get to like to get caught up. We don't, we don't know if it's going to happen at all, but I mean, yeah. assuming that it does. Yeah. Because I still out there in the podcast realm, people listening and watching, open up your big your main rule book. Who is that on the inside? Like literally the first page, right? It's this battle scene. It's Lorgar. It's your favorite Primark. Get out of here, Francis. He's it's Star Scream. He's yeah. like, yeah, Megatron. Yeah. Here I am. You're so, like, oh. okay, you open up in the book. It's literally the first page. Like, it's the blue. It's kind of like a blue tinted print, and in it is a scene of battle. There's mm-hmm. Primaris Marines in it, so it's obviously the modern time in mm-hmm. 40k. And there's a giant winged figure that, to me, looks like Sanguinius. But he's not wearing any clothes. No, he has a death shroud on. Ah. So Sanguinius is is not his body. The body angels have his body, right? To me, it looks like Sanguinius rising from the dead, right? He's got his shroud on. He's got wings. Who the who else has wings? Somebody was like, it's the Sanguinor, and I'm like, perhaps, but he's huge. Mm-hmm. Well, a long time people were rumoring that the Sanguinor was actually Sanguinius. What shrunken? Yeah. Just tiny. Yeah. It's a tiny and man. The thing is, if he was, he was like, he's holding back. He's like fighting at like 10% of his yeah. count. Like, yeah. It's like Dragon Ball yeah. when he's like, that was only 5% of my actual <laughs> yeah. count. How did they keep that locked up? I don't know how you do that. that. Yeah, yeah. But they're, you know, it's Dragon Ball. Yeah. Nothing makes sense. So it's just really curious. Like, what do you, who, what do you guys think that is? And to me, I was like, instantly, I was like, oh, it's Like, yeah. it reminds me of a scene of him rising from the dead. But, you know, I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. Uh, oh, big news for the ITC. As we said, Shadespire up and running. Mm. Uh, we also have the hobby track. So, big discussion. We kind of started the conversation off the cuff last week. But uh, the, the big question, the big debate in any kind of hobby-oriented <clears throat> discussion, especially when you're having some sort of a ranking system, is what do you do with uh, armies that were not entirely painted by the owner? Right. So this happens all the time. Um, this has been a debate that's kind of died down, right? Because we basically just kind of said, like, yeah, you can have commission armies, no big deal. It's going to happen. But now that we're introducing, like, the hobby track where you, you compete based on the appearance of your army, what do you do? How do you handle the scenario where someone didn't paint all or any of their army? Frankie and I have been through this because we've been TOing forever, 10 years now or whatever. Like, we already know, like, our thoughts on it and what kind of works in reality, but you kind of have to have the discussion because there's people out there like Jason mm-hmm. who had, you know, an emotional reaction like, oh, it's not fair if I'm competing. Someone has an army that they didn't paint. And it's like, I, I totally get that logic. But, you know, like, what, what do you do? Because it's going to happen, right? Like, it's inevitable that there's going to be a scenario where someone didn't paint all or any of their army and they're showing up to events. And you need to have a system in place for how to handle that. Because yeah. people have really strong emotional reactions to this. So what, what do you do? And, and our stance on it from a great deal of experience is that while I totally understand why people would think, well, I don't think it's fair if someone got an a, a army painted by a really, really good painter by our own paint studio or whatever, or their buddy painted it for them. Like, I'm not competing against them. I'm competing against the other person. I don't think it's fair. Totally get it. But it, it happens, and you don't want to exclude those people either. Right? Like if you tell people like you can't get anything, you're completely excluded from any kind of hobby recognition, then you're creating a system that incentivizes people to be dishonest about it. Right. And like also where do you draw the line? Like uh, 
what if your friend helped you paint your army? Or mm -hmm. what if someone painted a centerpiece model in your army as like a gift? That happens all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, my girlfriend helps me paint my armies. So like, what, like, how do you handle that? Am I excluded because I didn't paint literally every brush stroke on it? Right? It gets really convoluted. And then there's no way to tell. Right? So like, why don't you guys share some of your thoughts too? We've been discussing this ad nauseum. Uh, what, what, what are your guys' viewpoints on this? Because this is going to be the big topic of debate uh, surrounding the hobby track. I mean, as somebody that gets my army's commission painted, uh, mainly because I really, <laughs> I really enjoy having like a nicely painted army and I'm not a great painter. So I like to have it, I, I commission it out. Um, I don't think, I've only painted like one of my armies and it's my nerve army. Um, for me, I always give credit to my artist. So whenever somebody comes up and like, oh man, your army looks great. I'm like, yeah, I didn't paint it. It was painted by this guy or whatever. And I think that's one of the ways to go about it. Um, so like if you get your ranking, uh, make sure to give credit to your artist and let them know how well they're doing in the uh, hobby track and stuff like that. Because your artist will get excited, uh, gets their name brand out there. Um, like a lot of commissioned painters and stuff, uh, they get more work by word of mouth. So um, it helps out your uh, your reputation and also helps out your painters too. So that's my whole opinion. Just always give credit to the artist that painted it. Um, what we're thinking about is adding even maybe another column into the rankings to give credit to those artists as well, um, which gives them even more uh, like uh, publicity and stuff like that. So, And on that point, like what I think is going to happen, and it just not because I'm super smart, it just makes sense, right? Is it... Uh, if you're a really good player, there will be the opportunity for you to become sponsored by a studio or an artist who wants to ride on your popularity because you're doing well. And it's like, okay, like, for example, Nick Rose, really good example. He's, uh, he's actually a good painter himself. He's a busy dude. He has other people paint his armies and he gets, he gets armies painted all the time. And so he goes to an event like the really cool Deadpool army. <laughs> Right, that army is amazing, and you want that army at your event because it's gorgeous and it's cool, and it makes the event more fun to go to. Right, so should he be punished for helping facilitate creating this beautiful uh, army? I don't think so. I think the the more equitable solution is to give credit to that artist, then that person can can keep the prize board or whatever, and then uh, eventually what will happen is that players like that that are both good and are willing to patron the arts. Um, you might end up with like some sort of a deal, like a sponsorship deal, yeah. right? Where it's like uh, Nick Nonavati, like a studio may go, hey, Nick, you win a lot uh, and your armies look okay. They're not bad, but he's not like a phenomenal artist and it's not a dig, um, but that, he's more into the playing side of it. Someone could be like, hey, man, like we'll paint your army at a reduced rate, maybe even for free, but then you credit our studio. And when he's winning events now, they're getting a ton of free publicity. So that, you create a situation that's positive, right, when you do this, not a situation that invites controversy and negative outcomes when you're excluding people who pay to have their army painted. Um, well, I mean, it's, it goes hand in hand with like a lot of professional uh, things like NASCAR is, I think, a perfect, a perfect example. example. So like you get sponsored by like Red Bull or like uh, Brawny or whatever, and then you put your logos all over their car, they buy parts for those cars, all that stuff. Um, the riders don't d get disqualified for driving somebody else's car or anything like that, but they're getting all these extra benefits for getting sponsored and stuff like that. So yeah, I can, I agree with you. I think a lot of painting studios will do that because they'll get extra publicity out of it. So 
Mm -hmm. it, it, it takes it more towards like the professional sport of 40K or whatever you want to call it. So and that, that's the other part of it too, is that uh, the thing that people get upset about is they feel like it's not fair. And like you've talked about this, like you feel like you're not competing against the person that's there, you're competing against someone that's not there, right? And people are like, oh, you're just paying to win. Mm -hmm. But literally never, not one time at any of our events, and we run the biggest events in the world, uh, has someone won the top painting spot that didn't paint their own army. The reason why is that the people that are out there doing this for a living, they come to the events too, right? Like, especially at the big events, they're gonna show up to show off their awesome creation they've been working on. Mm. You, you, real talk, if you want to compete to win in the hobby track, you have to be able to beat those guys anyway because they're competing with you, right? Like if your skill level is not to the point where you can uh, get on, you know, on the stage with the commission painters, you're not going to, you're not going to win anyway because they're competing on their own in addition to painting other people's stuff. Like, but you'll be able to see where in the rankings you fall in right. comparison to these guys that have been doing it for 20 years or went to art school and are incredible artists. Yeah. And you know what? If you get second place to one of those guys, that's a pat on your back. That's awesome. Yeah. Because those guys have been doing it for a long time. You maybe do it for a couple hours after work. So, I mean, that's that goes a long ways. And the thing is, too, is like not everyone, it, it's, it's really overblown. It's like not that many people actually get commission armies, right? Like at a big event. I, I don't know. I would guess it's 5% of the field, maybe, right? It's far more frequent that someone has help getting their army painted by a friend. Yeah. Like, we do that all the time. Like, shit, I'm running out of time. Can somebody help me paint the the shoulder pads on my face? Yeah. yeah. So now am I disqualified from it because I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, it, it becomes way too convoluted. Uh, it's in, in, in the other thing, too, is it's absolutely impossible to track, right? Like, one of the examples we used, there was an event... Uh, up in the Bay, it was called uh, the Grand Wall. Mm -hmm. And it was a really hobby-centric event, right? Like old school style event, much like the Broadside Bash. Yeah. Like painting and sportsmanship, I think, were more than generalship. Oh, yeah. And uh, you you were supposed to have painted your own army. The guy that won multiple times? Uh, I think he won. I, I know he definitely won once. I'm not sure if he won multiple times. Let's just say one time. Yeah. He won with a commissioned army, and he straight up said, I painted it. Yeah, because right. at, the, at the old style events, they used to come around and be like, did you paint your own army? And mm -hmm. there'd be a checkbox, yes or no. And there were some people that would say like, yes. But you, then it would come out later online, like the artist or the studio would be like, oh, we painted that. What it, what's going on? And then, yeah, yeah it, was, it wasn't good. <laughs> so you create this huge controversy, yeah. extremely upset people, people that are yelling at the tournament organizer, demanding that that prize support get taken away, it's already gone, what are you gonna do? Now you have legal repercussions, like can you legally go and do that? It becomes a huge nightmare and it's because you've created a system that produces that result, right? Like do you expect people to be honest? Yeah, are most people honest? Yeah, some people won't. Like we, in our studio, we've actually had people ask back years and years and years ago, like seven years ago when we first started doing this and there was still that stigma. We actually had people ask like if I, if I pay you to do this, can you not tell anybody you did it so that I can actually win painting awards with it? Like straight up, people approach you and, and make that request. And you know, people can have an opinion on that, like, oh, they shouldn't do that or whatever, but people will. So if you, if you create a system in which you just go, 
look, we understand people are going to have help painting their armies. Like, it just is what it is. It's not going to stop. But if we just, if we go, it's okay, you can keep your prizes. You're the patron of the arts, but give credit to the artist. Now it's a little bit more equitable and fair and it's realistic, right? And then the best thing to remember too is at the local level, if you're running a hobby track event at your event, you are free to do it how you want. If you want to say uh, you have to, you know, commissioned armies can't win, you are free to do that. You can run your event the way you want to run it, but just be aware that you're excluding people and it's going to cause most likely negative reactions. And that's just, we're speaking from experience. Um, but Jason, why don't you share some of your thoughts? I know you have a, a little bit different of approach on it um, than we do. I mean, I feel that as long as the person who actually painted the army is the one who gets um, the points for it, then I'm fine. I just, what I don't want to see is somebody who is um, getting a ton of hobby track points and is like, you know, in it to win it when they literally did nothing except pay somebody to paint their army. That's what I, that's my personal feelings. Um, as long as there's some system, and this is going to be up to the TOs because we don't, we're not overlords on every single event. As long as they take the initiative to like, to at least try to do it, try to make sure that the person who wins the event is the one that painted their army or at least gets the information about who did it, that would be fine with me. I would be okay with yeah. it. As long as the person, it's just, it's just not fair to me. And this is again, my personal opinions. And I, you know, we don't always agree on all the same stuff here. Um, that if somebody, somebody should not be in a ranking system if they literally did not do anything for that ranking system. That's just my, my own personal opinion. And I run the paint studio here. So, you know, it's just, that's from a hobby standpoint. That's from a game standpoint. Nothing wrong with getting commissions painted, but if you are trying to win a prize for having a best painted army because you want the accolades and you want prizes, you, it's, it, it would be better for you to say, you know what, somebody else painted this. And I agree. And yeah. I think a lot of people react the way you do. Right. And that's a totally normal, logical reaction, right? Like, like I want a fair competition. I totally get it. Right. Um, it it's funny because Pablo on our staff, his, uh, his dad and him work on, a, they have a lowrider, a competition mm -hmm. lowrider car that they, it's really interesting learning about this uh, culture because it's really similar to, there's a lot of parallels and people get upset there too when you like don't do some of the work yourself on the car However, if you're trying to make the most beautiful car you can, and there's a person who is really, really good at painting cars, it does make sense that you would pay them. Like, yeah. what if you don't know how to paint, right? Yeah. So it's, it, I, I get it. But then um, at least give credit to the person. You can't, you can't claim that you've done something if you haven't done it. That's, it's it's that's the dishonesty the, part. Right? So that's, and that's what I'm saying. We're trying to create a system that encourages people to be honest. It incentivizes right. you to be honest. And a lot of people who get commissions stuff painted most likely don't care about getting hobby track points. You know, like a lot of people don't. And they'll straight up be like, yeah, I don't even care. Don't even rank me. It doesn't matter. I'm here to play and win points for the championships. Yeah. So it's not, I mean, I don't think it's going to be as big of a thing as people are making it. I definitely get, I, de I get passionate about it because I feel like there's a lot of areas in life where this happens, um, pay to play type situations. But I, I would say like, if you're in, if you are in a, an event or if you're in a, a ranking system for something specifically, you should be the person doing this stuff. And or I, I least, think again, give credit to the person who did so they get on the list. And I think that's a really good compromise, yeah. right? Because again, it's not going to stop. People are not going to stop commissioning armies. No. All the all the artists out there who get their livelihood from it desperately don't want it to stop. Yeah. You don't want those people to lose work. Right. Right. Like a good compromise is someone that paid the money to get the army done. Mm -hmm. Let them keep the prizes. 
Yeah. I don't think anybody or the, really or the studio. Like, give credit to the studio. But give credit to the artist. Yeah. Right. And then let us know what you guys think. Right. This is going to be the big sticking point. Mm -hmm. And what people are super juiced about the hobby track, by the way. The feedback has been amazingly positive. Right. But that is going to be the elephant in the room. We need to figure out how to handle it. In my opinion, I feel like the right way to do it. Let the owner of the army keep the prizes because it's their army. Right. They paid for it or they had someone help them. Who cares? They showed up to the event. They deserve it. Right. But give the, the awards, probably the points too. I mean, the accolades, excuse me. Probably the happy track points too to the artist responsible for it. Yeah. Right. I think that's fair. I, I feel like that is fair. And if you do um, go to a local small tournament and you're upset because your stuff didn't get, didn't win. Like again, TOs don't even have to do hobby track stuff. But if you go to one and somebody brings in a commission army and they keep winning, use that as as fuel to improve yourself and your skills. Yeah. Right. Because then you have a goal. Then you have okay, like obviously this other artist, even though they don't live in this my town, is has much is much better than me. I'm gonna work till I get to that point and then beat it. You know, you can look at it that way too, where a personal improvement can happen. And that's a really good point. It's one that Frankie and I make all the time. Is um, what if that artist lived in your town right. and showed up to your events, you'd be competing against that person anyway. Yeah. And again, if you really are out to try and do well in the hobby track, you need to be that good. You do, yeah. You just, I mean, that's- like if, Yeah, if you, want, if you want to actually like be up in the top ranks, you have to be able to paint like that. Yeah. I, mean, I know you're going to your local town tournament, but at the same time, like you are competing against the world. And these good, these you know? superstar artists live somewhere. Mm -hmm. Right, yes. like in our local area, we had Israel. <laughs> not some coven of them. Not, yeah, they don't, they're not all existing in the, like all these guys from that coven. No, they yeah, don't, they don't even live on earth. Because people are like, "Oh, you yeah. just pay to win." I'm like, that doesn't happen because yeah. you're competing against these guys who are painting their own armies, and I guarantee you, they're putting more love into their own creation yeah. than they are into a commission project. Like, and, it's, yeah, it's just human nature. You are right. You know, most of the people who win in these big events. They always win these big events, and they're always their own. It's armies. always yeah. the person who painted it at our events, like because yeah. you know, like in our where we used to live, uh, at one point in time, we had uh, Mike Fox, Israel, and Oscar. Mm -hmm. yeah. These are all phenomenally talented guys, right. and it's like you're not. I, don't, I could commission an army, and I'm still not gonna win. Right, <laughs> it's these guys. You know what I mean? So it's like it is what it is. You know, you just you try to do as well as you can. Try to do well in your faction. Right. Mm -hmm. Right, like if say you're a sister of battle player or whatever, like mm -hmm. do your best. And uh, and I do think though that the, the artist that painted it should get the yeah. credit. That makes yeah. total sense. And just remember too, like the people that are out commissioning these armies are helping create these beautiful uh, creations that, yeah. that, in, that in, and they enhance the experience for everybody. Right, and draw more people into the hobby, which yeah. is great for the survival, right? Somebody walks into your game store, they see you playing with this army that's beautifully painted by a commission artist or, or a studio or anything like that. Um, and they're more likely to stop and look at you for a few minutes and watch what you're doing, possibly say, oh, hey, I'm going to try this game out. And that's, we need it for the future of the hobby. So it's, yep. it's absolutely necessary. But I'm saying like, for me, again, personal view, tr please just be honest. Just treat like, them like a no, sponsor. There's no use yeah. to, to lying. We, that's what we all, yeah. the, the underlying thing is we want honesty. We want fair competition. Yeah. So the only way to get that is to create a system that encourages people to be honest. Yeah. Right? Like, that's it. That's like, if you dangle the carrot, if you make create an incentive for people to be dishonest, more will. If you create an incentive to be honest, more will be honest. It's that it's that simple. Yeah, you let someone take 10 cal, cal commanders, they're going to take 10 cal commanders. 
<sighs> bad until, timing. Until Reese. Uh, bad timing on that joke because there, there's just one. <laughs> until Reese tells GW to knock it off. That does not happen. <laughs> God, you couldn't have timed that joke worse because this morning <laughs> a, an op ed just went up on the blog, uh, Abuse Puppy, yeah. who does not work for us. Yeah. He's not a play tester, just wrote an article about his opinion on. How GW handled the, the well. That was the segue into that. Oh well, thank you. Well, that was oh, that was unplanned, but so and of course, some of these insano, crazy conspiracy theorist guys come out of the woodwork saying like, like you guys did it. I'm like, what the? F-? So just to be clear, neither Frankie nor myself is the Illuminati of 40k. <laughs> We don't control almost anything, don't really. Throw me in your boat. It's really. Don't throw me in your boat. Your boat's sinking. It's you really. You get thrown me. in there too. Uh, it's yeah. really. me up. <laughs> I'm the banana pulling the strings in the back. Mm. Okay, so just to be crystal. Oh, you like that? Done. Just to be crystal clear, like there, there is like a small group of of players. Like they're mostly Tau players that have gotten it in their head. That for some reason, specifically me, I don't know how you dodged this board. I told you, my boat's up. I'm like, I'm like how does Frankie not get yelled at? But like, he's lovable. They literally, they literally like, they think that that, that frontline gaming or me personally are responsible for like global warming. Uh, yeah, just so you guys know, everything. Uh, Franklin Legion and Papa wasn't part of that. That's Reese Richard Robbins. That's contact at. Yeah. Frontline game. Make sure to separate those two. It is it is seriously crazy town stuff. It really is. It's, it's, it's like hilarious. it's like tinfoil hat, like Draco Reptilian Alliance level crazy stuff. Like it, it like when people like start saying this things to you, like, well that like, you're the one who did this. And I'm like, what? Like no. no, I'm not. Like, do you have a shred of evidence to support this stance? No, there's zero. Yeah. So like, again, people feel, I think people feel that we have a lot more influence than we do. Yeah. And that we, yeah. we tell I Games think, Workshop what rules to do. Yeah, it's people literally, literally, like, literally they think they'd be people, shocked at how that is not, how much that is not true. <laughs> there's people that literally think we dictate, like that we yeah. tell them what to do. I'm like, it's a billion dollar company. Right. Frontline gaming is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why would they do what we yeah. tell them to do? And again, it's in our best interest for all of the like the best possible thing for frontline gaming. That the our interest, our our desire is for all of these things to sell crazy well because guess what? Mm-hmm. Our livelihoods and all the people that work for frontline gaming, there's a lot of us, mm-hmm. their livelihoods depend on this game being popular and selling well. Mm-hmm. So why on earth would we work against our own best interest? It just doesn't make sense. Unless you think we're crazy. Mm-hmm. We could be. <laughs> crazy like a fox. Yeah. <laughs> like, am I like the Joker? Like, just want yeah. everything to burn? I, it's, uh, it, it is strange. It doesn't make sense. It's strange. And it's funny for me because I'm so far removed from it all yeah. and I just hear it. I'm like, I do enjoy it. Crazy though. people. It's pretty like, funny. <laughs> Well, it's he funny comes too. in, he's like, ah, again. <laughs> it's like, funny because yes. people start throwing these things out there. There's wildly inaccurate accusations. And I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? I, just, I wonder where it comes from. Though. I, this is where I think it comes from. I think it comes from in 7th edition when uh, the Tau Codex came out. And there was a couple like crazy controversial the, the hammerhead, the, the the drones, no, swarms that the, would, unless drones that would always come back full strength. And, like, yeah. On your on your turn and then leave on your turn so your opponent actually can never shoot at him. And then they, and you were like, no, you least, can't do that. Yeah. In ITC. Well, which no, it was wasn't. Ours. It wasn't just. It wasn't. That's the. But then people are like, how dare you say that I can't 
shoot my opponent and then leave on my turn the entire game. How dare you? Yeah. That's you don't know what Games Workshop intended. Uh, it, it was that is where this comes from. I Fish think. Boy, all those guys were like nuts. And like, because they, that book came out and it was like, there was a lot of rulings that you could read it two ways. One was insanely powerful right. and the other was more reasonable. Like so absurd that you're like, okay, like obviously But there was people that. who were arguing passionately for the really no, powerful one. I saw somebody argue for, like passionately argue for their one up feel no pain save. Yes. At a that tournament. you literally couldn't hurt me. Yeah. And it's just like, no dude, yeah, they, they that's not a fun game. And I think that's where it comes from is because like, and again, we didn't make these rulings, but that's what it's become. Yeah. We presented it to the community of ITC players and said, what do you think? Yeah. And then people went with what was reasonable. It's because we used to do that for 7th edition. Yeah. We used to do the polls. Goodness, we used to modify know. the rules. God, we, don't we don't have, have to, to do, do that it anymore. anymore. Yeah. We get firebombed. Oh, I literally, every time we did an ITC vote, I would have a, a, a day where I was like, I'm quitting. I hate everyone that plays this game. Yeah. We're just trying to make things reasonable. Why I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, like we would rig the votes and we would like. No, yeah. the people accused us of that. Yeah. I'm like, why would we do that? Like, Gain nothing. Like I, I have proof, and I hacked your computer. Yeah, that yeah. was funny. Somebody was like, "Oh, I have proof." Blah 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 blah. We're, We're like, like, "Show what? us the proof," and they're like, "No," and you're like, "Shut up and go away." <laughs> but it's like persisted. It's somehow like persisted. Turning this like yeah. zeitgeist where they're like, "Oh." You hate talent. I'm like, I don't. Like, what do I have to do to prove this? I don't hate them. I just started a Tau army. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking weird, man. But yeah, it's just, I think that's I'm where it comes from. I'm surprised the Grey Knight players don't think that we hate Grey Knights because in 5th edition, when Grey Knights Grey came out, Grey Knight players I, I actually true, did. It was like, it was like almost every podcast well, oh we would God. go on like a rant of like how bad Grey Knights are for the yeah. game yeah. and like the worst. Wow, what army it's has really taken fun. that dive? Like Grey Knights, and consistent. Just, but, it, but it's weird the Grey Knight players don't come out of the Well, because now like Grey Knight players are like, I feel, are like people yeah. who like the hobby and are passionate about the fluff and they're like, ooh, my Great Knight Terminators come down and they smite your demon like they're like really excited they don't care that the terminators <laughs> that stink yeah that's how i say it well the thing is too is like like the, the the part that is ultimately the most ironic about the whole situation is like the itc community made made these controversial and difficult rulings but i really believe it was better for the game and then when F gw finally did release an faq like months later we were right on every single one except one it was like we got like nine out of ten right yeah. But no one, it's like that just gets like brushed aside. <laughs> well, it wasn't yeah. even us that made the ruling. It, it was, was the community, community of ITC so, like, players. The community of ITC players are correct. Right. That's... And it's like, it's so crazy. And we were like, oh, look, we got them right. Oh, gosh, it's such a weight off our, our chest. And it, it's like. And it ignited it even worse. People like, like you made them do like that. Like you told like, Games Workshop to follow what you said. I'm like, at, we did? At that point in time, there was no communication between us. That. Like, it was like just as much a surprise to us as it was to everybody else. Yeah. yeah. So. I don't know. Anyway, like for what it's worth, we want every faction to be good. Yes. Um, and if, if you're a disgruntled Tau player out there, Why? instead of, I don't know, ranting and railing on the Why internet. Why don't you give us like feedback us on feedback. like, like tell us what you would like to see in Tau and maybe with our small influence in the future, we can. We'll do what we can. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like what Abuse Puppy did. He wrote an intelligent article. I don't agree with all his points at all, but he made some really, a really well-reasoned, sensible. Yeah. It's, a, it's an op-ed piece. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, you know. why don't you come present us with information, like, as a community of, of players from this website, wherever you hang out, yes. we feel that these things would really help make right. our faction more fun and balanced right. and fair. Right. And I, I promise, with what we can do, we will do it. 
We but, didn't put but, enough on the blog. But telling us that we're the worst people in the universe is not making us more sympathetic to your cause. If you just feel, so you guys know, our influence is like very little. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if you feel we could that try. you should have yeah. 10 Tau Commanders that cannot be targeted and just blast everything on the field, if you truly feel like that should be something you should have, write an op-ed piece about why. Why that's good for the game. We will... We will <laughs> edit it so there's no swears <laughs> and uh we'll put it up and give you a platform but don't just go nuts like tell us why why do you think that you should have no interaction with your opponent like yeah. why tell me and write it out right go like you're in school write out a paper about it and gw obviously felt like it was enough of an issue to address it and i know one of the things people talk about is like well it's not fair that it only happened to us and not to everybody else but like hey, let's hang in there and see maybe yeah. gw because you guys just got noticed like that's, you know, like, well, it's, it, you're, it's like everyone cheats, right? But you got caught because you were so blatant about it. Like you, if you would have just cooled it, yeah. like maybe I'll take four, not 10, you know, like then you could have kept doing it and GW would have just happily just gone along. And, well, the thing is too, is like now the new bugaboo is the fly rent list, which won Adepticon and which like a ton of people brought. Right. Uh, and it won the Caledonian uprising in the UK too. Yeah. Uh, and it, it like, but the thing is like GW is going to the events now and they're watching the way people play the game. Yes. Obviously they reacted to the Tau Commander thing. You may not agree. You may think that they did it the wrong way, and that's fine. Let us know. Do it in a polite way. Talk to us as if you would like us to talk to you in return. You know, like that thing we learned in kindergarten. But uh, they I, be confident that they're looking. If they see people bringing ten flyers or something, they probably took note of that, yeah. right? And if it's a problem, yeah. they've been addressing the problems. Be confident that it's there. You're not getting singled out. Just be be patient. Yeah, which is great. I mean, it's, uh, I'm not the most familiar with like games like Magic the Gathering, but is that not what Wizards of the Coast does as well? And they've been doing it for a very long time. Yeah, they they look at what is is maybe a mistake in their, you know, okay, like we didn't know this card was going to have this influence on these decks and it's overpowering, and then they stop it because it's good for the game. They've been doing that forever, so what's the difference here? A lot of times at the end of their worlds, they'll, like, what deck wins, like, uh, they'll be like, oh, okay, these cards are too powerful, and they'll just, like, bam. Oh, jeez. But they, then they have other formats where those are allowed. So yeah. So anyway, you don't want yeah just an army of one punch mans. Yeah. No, exactly. Thank you. That was good. And then, and then to, 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 to end that, like Frankie and I are not in the forty k Illuminati. Like no, we're just not. That's my. Yeah, we haven't been invited yet. I know we're not cool enough, man. We still just got our tinfoil hats. Wait, why are you throwing me into your boat again? <laughs> No. Misery loves company. No. Frankie's the true brains of the operation. Nope. <laughs> so at any rate, ITC, there's a ton of events this weekend per usual. We do have wow. a GT, a Dice Hammer Warhammer 40K GT in uh, Fork, Lays, Fork Lake Forest, California. Fort, yeah, that's called Forest Fort Lanes. Forest Lanes <laughs> is the, um, like I don't know, that's, is that the street? Forest Lake Forest is the, is the town. Lake Forest. Which is not far Wait, from the here. The Dice actually. Hammer GT, I thought that was like. It's in California. Way later in the year. Maybe they changed it. Lake Forest is near us. Uh, we're going to double check that because I bought a ticket to this Click event. Click the link. Click the link. Oh, no. That, uh, that is the one that says weekend. Oh, boy. That's Nick's uh, Nick Carr, right? What? That's no, that's not. That's, uh, that's a 9-15. We got the date wrong. Yeah, it's September. <laughs> oh. In your faces. Uh, who? That's you. That's on no, me. No, that wasn't me. Yeah. Uh, oh, wasn't me. Nope, you, me. <laughs> you're the one who was responsible for the calendar. Yeah, you know, there's this guy named Larry that does a little Yeah, stuff. we're going to blame really Larry. Screw it up. Yeah. Yeah. We'll blame Hunter on this one. Yeah, way to go, Hunter. Jeez. <laughs> also, Broadside Bash. Broadside Bash is coming up. A lot of stuff. What? Oh, that's, that's, that's a primer. That's a primer. A primer. Oh. Yeah, God, you're screwing me up. I was like, dude, my army is not paying. Oh, Addy's game's cool. Wait a minute. Hey, maybe we'll go to the... Do we have anything going on this weekend? 
Like, hey, there's a lot of uh, game stores on here. If you are a, uh, a game store in Northern California, <clears throat> you know one that is uh, does not carry our products. Go ahead and go to the uh, FLG mat section of the website, and then we have an Outrider program where you can get yourself a free mat just by recommending the store. Contact cool. us to really? carry our 50 mat designs. Awesome. Do we, we don't have any plans this week. Maybe we should go to that primary. That sounds like fun. Ooh. Where is it? It's in Pasadena. It's at Ease Games. I thought you guys were coming to my skate party. The roller skate party? No, we already did that once. That Dang it. Uh, we also, now I have nobody coming. There's also a bunch of Age of Sigmar events as well. And of course, we do have the Age of Sigmar hobby track also. And I'm really excited to see that because, like we've said a million times, those armies tend to be absolutely amazing. The competition in that is going to be fierce. Yeah. Oh, All yeah. Right. Top 10, Correct. 40K. I was waiting for you guys to do uh. something. 40K ITC top 10. Josh Death continues. To Domination. Dominant. Just killing. He is crushing. Death is killing. Death is. Competition. Death is, is upon he's us. He's dying. Mm -hmm. How can you be a guy with the last name of Death? Place. You can't be. No. Yeah, death always Don't wins. even try, Matt Root. Just stop. Well, Matt Root only has four events, so he's kicking ass. And then we have Daniel Sansone in third. Who's Mitch, that guy? Mitch Pelham has risen up to fourth. He's back up in the rankings. Gary Frank in fifth. Jeremy Applebaum in sixth. Jeff Robinson, our own in control, in mm -hmm. seventh. I'm, I'm glad to see Team Zero Comp back in the Finally. top 10. Finally. only has three scores. <laughs> it's been a while, Team man. Zero Comp ascended. How many yeah. players do we have on that team anymore? We don't even know. It's uh, just it's Jeff, bit, I think. Yeah. Well, no, we have some other players, but like a lot of guys took a step back and they're coming back. One has um, been booted. Pat, yeah. There's several of <laughs> them been booted. Including me. Yeah. <laughs> He's on uh, Harambe's Avengers now. Yeah. Uh, Patrick McNeil is in eighth. Stephen Pamprine in ninth. And Daniel Hester's in tenth. A to Sigmar, top 10, Stephen Haichi continues to lead the pack, followed by local Jarrett Zizueta and Ben Kloss in third. John Furhelm has risen Ooh, into nice. fourth. Jason Heidi in fifth. David Rojo in sixth. Michael Birch in seventh. Shane Bracage in eighth. Michael Jones, Matthew Jones, excuse me, in ninth. And Michael Ryan in tenth. It's nice to see all these new names. Yeah, and we're, I mean, yeah. we're now, what, two months in strong? Yeah. And they're still riding it, so that's great. So, uh, to wrap up the show Tactics Corner, we're going to talk a little bit more about Jakari and Necrons. And just to let you guys know, we are doing a full Necron Codex <laughs> review. Um, we missed it because a lot of us were gone in March. But uh, that should be starting tomorrow, the first Primer article. It's going up. And we've currently got Adeptus Custodes uh, uh, review articles rolling out, written by one of our teammates who has come out of the woodwork because he loves Custodes so much. Mine was, uh, my article was just about how take three shield captains. Uh, like everybody else. That's my review. Actually, you know what? I, like everyone was really concerned about the shield captains. I've played against them a lot. They die every single time. Mm -hmm. They're really good, but I think they're with, fine. Yeah. With, like multiple yeah. damage weapons. Yeah. And they're worth like everything points, else. But they do die. I don't think they're OP. I don't think they're underpowered. I think they just, they're spot on. Yeah. yeah. One at a time. Just back, back, back. Yeah. And I played uh, Pablo last night in a league game. Mm -hmm. He had a three shield captains. And uh, let me tell you. For he do. And Celestine. He had, oh, yeah. He had a hero hammer full blast list. And I took a Necron, just in kind of, I guess, what a normal Necron army. Uh, the unit of six destroyers. Hot pro tip, Jessica Bowman. Uh, she was number one Necrons. She won first place. So she got Jessica second. is killing it in California. She's won three RTTs. She's yeah. just emasculating men. She is crushing right. hopes and dreams. Just stepping on their face. And uh, she was like, yeah, my favorite unit is the destroy six destroyers. I was like, oh, I'll try it. I put it on the table, and I hadn't played them since you know a long time ago, since we were playtesting it. And holy shit, the destroyers, destroyers are, are 
good at ASICs. Nobody believed me. Everybody's like, no, nope, I thought they were good. Nope, the they're too expensive. I'm like, they were they too are expensive. Ama- yeah. They were amazing. They, in were, the index. they were expensive, but they every were time you took the them, they did work every single damage. time. Uh, like, everybody's really like you're crazy i'm like okay okay but yeah. since we're, you know what since we're talking about necrons let's yeah. roll into it so the destroyer unit six strong all uh gauze cannons with their their stratagem for one cp reroll hits and wounds Ooh. holy shit Ooh. and then you do my will be done on them so hitting on twos dude that unit will just erase anything dead yeah. devastating yeah i almost killed the shield captain on overwatch <laughs> he got down to one wound. Papa yeah. was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Wow!" Yeah. The hits and wounds thing doesn't work in Overwatch, by the way. I just roll really good, right? Um, and they can do that every turn. That unit can reroll one ones CP, to hit baby. Yep. No, wow. reroll all hits. They get geared. It's crazy. It's and they're fast. Cool. They move. They move. Yeah, that's quick. amazing. And then they they have their infantry too, so they can go in buildings. They can uh, they can get all the buffs. And uh, I keep a lord with a resorb near them. In case a somebody, lord? Uh, no, just a regular lord, because the regular yeah. lord has a reroll once to wound or he's like a lieutenant. Ah. So he runs around with the orb, just following them around. <laughs> he's like, ah. raise, raise. And then uh, if someone focus fires him, I'll, I'll hit him with the res orb. Yeah. And right. then there's a cryptic nearby. It's giving him a five plus plus. That unit wow. is balls to the wall. Do you like man. them better than your ogren or your Bul- or your bulgren? They're not. Bulgren are like top. I, in my opinion, bulgren are top five units in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think destroyers are up there. Oh, they're, they're one of the best shooting units, mainly because they can come back to life. I was so wondering you why you have to kill them to were, the man, otherwise yeah. they're going to be. They've been out of stock, like from Games Workshop. I'm like, why? Yeah, yeah. Oh, now I know. Crazy strong, uh, but the thing that I always liked running was the Phalanx of Warriors, and they are it's so good now. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I took two units of twenty Warriors, um, and then I take the Warlord trait that makes you fearless and gives you Die the Witch, because morale is what screws those big units of Warriors. But now, well, for, don't worry about that. And then you have a cryptic and a ghost arc. The ghost arc is like solid gold, because yeah. especially the, the the really what's made Necron so strong is the, uh, the stratagems. Yeah, uh, it's insane. So the ghost arc gives him a, he gives him a res orb every turn. He's following him around. Only warriors, of course. But uh, those units of twenty warriors are just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like I was using the Mephra dynasty. I'm actually I actually think the Novak dynasty might be better. Because they, they end up in combat all the time. Your opponent just touches them to stop them from shooting. So if you have Anrak here and you have rerolls to hit in the first round of combat, they're actually pretty good. They can beat up those units. That, uh, it makes it scary to try and engage them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Wraith's massively improved. Uh, everyone's talking about the Tesseract Vault and the Obelisk and the Monolith all being good again. They're great. The Satan are great. I mean, like we were saying in the previews, Necrons have got the biggest power boost in, in our opinions. Frankie thinks it's just a moderate boost. <laughs> Every, nobody believed me that they were getting the index. Everybody's like, no, nah, they're terrible. I'm like, okay. But they are really, really good. But for all you haters out there, I am making a Necron army now, and I will show you. I'm going to use the same tricks that were in the index, and they are even better in yeah. the codex. So. so are you just going to use the Junctacrons, right? We'll just keep building no, them. No, James and I, we won the team tournament, and we got a bunch of models. Wow. But you're just going to put them into the Junctacron army, right? No. What? No. Come on! We're making a better one that actually looks are good. Yeah. garbage. They're junk. They are junk. They're going to the, the trash. Junk. The Junctacrons look cool. No, oh, they're junk. No, they do. They look cool. Why don't we just like keep? Them. Why don't we just keep adding to that army, and we can work on it. We can paint it together. That's no. true. Because I want help. No. <laughs> Come on. Nope. We don't need two Necron armies. Just spray mine gray. Oh god. Well, your Done. warriors don't have the right weapons. <laughs> yeah, they do. They I just cut the barrel down, which in this edition is actually a detriment. But 
Because we didn't have any of the little... Which, uh, yeah, we didn't have the actual... We didn't have the we little have power the rods. Because right. yeah. that, again, the story of the Junctacrons is that uh, our paint studio got all these Necron bits, and I made an army out of the bits. Yeah. But none of the warriors had the little green tube. A lot of pieces are missing from, like, the monolith. And, like, yeah. <laughs> the monolith is this shit thrown onto the monolith. It's, yeah. It actually looks kind of cool. And like the you know the little glowy door in the front that wasn't there, so I put a guy walking out of it instead. I was like, that works. I, yeah. I'm obviously very pleased with my own creation. So that's why Frankie should just add to it. Mm. No, junk across. See, my army is not gonna be junk. My army is gonna be. It's gonna be gold. The new Are you gonna paint that have solid feelings. gold? Huh? You gonna paint it solid gold? No. We did one of those for a commission. I did not. Didn't look very good. I'm gonna play the Transformers, the movie, the the cartoon, the one that's actually good. Dare to be stupid by Weird Al Yankovic, which is the junk the cron the junk the bots. That's their song. Ooh, and, the, like and I'm gonna play that. And then the only people that will get it will be people who are born in the '80s. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we'll we'll answer more Necron questions when we open that up. But final note, we wanted to talk about the Jakari thing again. Mm -hmm. The whole raiding party thing has really caused a lot of confusion. It's understandable. Um, just to kind of like touch, I guess, final point on that. Um, uh, the raiding party rule is really cool. Um, it is not designed to give uh, the Jukari player more than three detachments in a system where there's only a three detachment limit. The three detachment limit is not an ITC rule. A lot of people have thought that, have emailed me about it. It's uh, right out of the rule book, and I know the rule book says we suggest you use three detachments at 2,000 points, but all of the format rules are suggestions. The points limit is a suggestion. They're all suggestions. The table size is a suggestion. Like, yeah. They suggest you use a 4 by 6 foot table at 2,000 points. Mm -hmm. They suggest you use a 4 by 8 table at more than 2,000 points. They suggest points. you use 2,000 points. Yeah. They suggest you wear pants. They don't even they do don't that. They don't do that, yeah. Oh. No suggestion on that. So it's it's like I know that the word suggest has tripped some people up, but the thing is Games Workshop runs their own tournaments with three detachments. And to my knowledge, like as of my last conversations, they are not planning on allowing Jakari to use more Detachments, because that rules, that's not what the intent of the rule is. Although, to be fair, I totally, totally get why the Jakari player would want, why they would think it would be fair to say, give me more detachments because they the way their army is structured. I get it. It would be cool, but it's like, you don't need it. Like, you don't. To be honest, like, I don't even think taking three patrols is good. Like, I, I'd not. much rather take a battalion or a brigade to get a lot more command points because their command points are amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see it because it would be cool to have a lot of those little patrols with the special rules and stuff like that. And you can give, like, those units that really need those special rules. But I, I honestly don't think I'd even ever take it. Like, it's, if it yeah. was even an option as a Dark Eldar player, like, I don't think, or a Drakari player, I don't think I'd ever take six patrols because you can get way more command points by taking other things. So. Yeah. And that rule, like, and I, I, do, I we totally get why it's confusing, especially because in the community article, they're like, and then you could take six patrols. So everybody's like, oh, I can do that. But it, what, the thing that everyone forgets is that the codexes are not written for only match play. Yeah. They're written for open play, narrative play, and match play. And the only rule, literally the only rules in the codex that are meant specifically for match play, there's a little box in there. And a lot of codexes have this. And they're like, if you're playing match play, these rules kick in, and it's the rules where you can't take these packs yeah. in, um, unless it's only in a Witch Cult detachment, and I can't even remember what the other one was. I, I can't remember either, but it's literally, those are the, and it's explicit. They're like, these are match play rules. The rating party rule is not in the match play section, and then hopefully GW will go on to clarify it. That only kicks in in a scenario in which you can take more detachments. 
which usually is going to be open play and narrative play. Mm -hmm. And, it, and it, it's confusing. And then the only other parts of the book that are for match play are the points. And that's why the points aren't on the data sheets. Wouldn't it be easier if they were on the data sheets, right? But no, they have power level on there. Mm -hmm. And most competitive players ignore the power level thing, but they're, because GW assumes most people are using power level. Right. And that's why they present you with relevant information. Power level is very simple. It is. And I would say, I would probably say most most people play power level. They'll go to yeah. their games workshop at the local store and they'll walk in and be like, who's playing power level 50 today or, you know, 100 or 1,000, you know, like, and then that's how they kind of quickly play. Like, I people probably do that more than sit and write out lists of exact points. I think there's probably people that play at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people play at the game store usually playing more organized play. Yeah. But like, that's why the points are in the back of the book because it's like, they don't assume that you're using the points. Yeah. That's why that's that way, right? And I, like, you got to keep that in mind. Like I was, a, we had a really spirited and good conversation on our YouTube channel. And the gentleman was like, well, why didn't they just include the rules for the beast pack on the data slate? And it's like, cause the data slate's not assuming that you're playing match play. Yeah. So um, is it confusing and a little bit frustrating? Sure. It could have been explained maybe a little bit better. But you got to remember, GW is assuming that you're probably not playing match play. Yeah, I mean, GW is making rules for three different ways to play. And then they're having special rules for match play or special rules for narrative play or special rules for open play. So it's not just like they're making one rule set for everything. It's a rule set with little pieces for other ways yep. to play. So. Yeah, so in match play, like uh, in a three detachment limit, which is the way I, I, I have not seen any other... Um, you know, I would call it GT up level event, not played that way. And to my knowledge, Games Workshop's not going to alter that either for their own events at Warhammer World. Um, there, there's really no need to change it to the three detachment limit because if you did, you'd have to do it for everybody. And I'm sure there's a lot of Tau players out there who'd be like, hell yeah, I'll take six patrols and then I'll have a bunch of commanders mm -hmm. and a bunch of drones. And you, you know, you're right back around the limitation that GW put in place. So... You know, it's, it's better just to keep things fair and equitable for everybody uh, in our opinions. But of course, share your thoughts. And if you take three patrols, you get command points, unlike Ooh. anybody else. Yeah, yep. you're getting yep. something that nobody else gets. Yep. So, there you go. hopefully that explains it. It's better, better than a slap in the teeth. It is better than That's a kick in the nuts. My old daddy used to say. So if you guys have any questions for us, we're going to jump over to the question section. We'll talk more about Necrons later. I know that was kind of like uh, scattered all over the place, but yep. uh, Necrons are good. And stay tuned to Frontline Gaming because we will definitely be giving you more Necron coverage. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the Renegade, like I think Renegade has power level. They're talking about power levels. How some of the power levels seem like they're off in comparison to others. They are. Some of the power level uh, are don't correspond to the points for whatever reason. Yep. It's probably a typo, honestly. Um, That's <laughs> saying that uh, Jason needs to make Grey Knights better. Make Grey Knights good again. Um, Great again. I will. So guys, like whenever whenever a faction is like uh, underperforming or overperforming, um, you can just trust that, that that everybody's aware of it and is working on trying to fix it. It's just a matter of when that fix comes out and if you agree with the fix, because some people might not, yeah. you know. So Grey Knights, I feel, um, are really good as um, allied. Like they're they're good to like um, fill the gaps that other armies have. So like they they do they are good but in very specific ways. Uh, like Venomous. That's oh. my fault. Hey, it's Luis. Yeah, Venomous Whoa. chosen is asking if he should play the new Tau. Yeah, uh, definitely. Do the it. Buy all from really, gaming, really fifteen percent off, baby. Some of our yeah. friends um, in the ETC they play hyper mega super competitive, 
they said that um, their towel player on their team, and it's, I think it was the it was one of the European teams. They said he was crushing everybody. He had a bunch of because uh, uh, I, I was really curious. I was like, what was he bringing? And they were saying it was um, some commanders, the cold stars, the hotness right now, fire warriors, and long strike with um, ion heads. Yeah. And they were saying that that was just wrecking people. With the Weren't you out. doing that already? Yo, he was been kicking my ass yeah. with long strike. With the index, yeah. Uh, Alex Holly, what's up, brother? Says, what do you suggest for transporting Zangor Enlightened? Huh? Um, the guys phone. on the discs. You you have some. You probably have some. Battlefilm. Uh, oh, transporting? Um, yeah, I mean, Battlefilm always works. Mm -hmm. um, I like to wrap them up with uh, bubble wrap and stuff if I'm ever tra uh, traveling. But they usually break, unfortunately. Yeah, they're pretty spindly. Um, Arastin asks, do we have any insights into the Imperial Knights Codex? Of course we do. We just can't say anything yet. The art looks amazing. Uh, there you go. Hey, you know what? I think you'll like it. You're getting stratagems. Pro, that was a big, Ooh, yay. You're big giving, teaser. You're giving away too much. Big teaser. Get stratagems, maybe war traits. What, wouldn't it be funny Ooh. if like the Imperial Knight Codex came out and they didn't have stratagems? Ah. <laughs> like, screw you guys. Gotcha. Um, you're going to be getting all kinds of cool stuff, like new units, which GW showed you a picture of one of your new knights. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Um, you, I, I, I think the, the Knight Codex is great, but of course we can't reveal anything yet. Someone on our YouTube channel was like screaming at me about that. Like, why you guys didn't say anything that GW didn't say? I'm like, yeah, of course we can't. <laughs> like, what do you expect us to do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, new Abaddon model rumors. Ah. Well, we hope. We don't know. We don't know anything about. How many? Models. Imagine if they redid all the character models for 40k into like new cool plastic sculpts. Like, yeah. I guarantee Abaddon's gonna get Someday. redone eventually. Yeah. I mean, like, he's, like, he's nice still like bad. Don't they make him small? Dante. You know, like it'd be cool to have these. Like, they, they. It, how long did it take him to do Eldrad? Right. I, I guarantee that yeah. they're all going to get redone eventually. Because right. why would you not? I did. Right. I hear. I heard a rumor at Adepticon that they're coming out with a box set that has Abaddon, Vect, and then there was one other character. I don't remember who it was. I was like, it sounds like a pipe dream. But I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm, I'm going Dude, all in. I the, hope that happens. The Legion of awesome. the Legion of Evil. Be so cool. Legion of Doom. Yeah. So Tommy, so Tommy Nucky, yeah, uh, most of the frontline gaming staff will actually be in London for about a week. Yeah, it's uh, the yeah. salty or Jason, Frankie, Thank myself, you. and Mariana will all be there. Jeff Robinson. Uh, Mariana's gonna help. She's gonna she volunteered to help run their stream. Wow. So hopefully that um, increases the, the quality. Yeah. Of course it will. She's amazing. And uh, Jason has not decided yet if what he's gonna play. If anything. Jeff Robinson is coming. Jason's gonna play Grey Knights. Um, I probably will bring your Knights. Yeah. Frankie's going to bring Nids. I'm still undecided. I think I'm going to bring my Militarum. And uh, Tasty Tates is going to be there too. Yeah. Tasty yeah. Taste. There's a Love lot it. of Americans coming. Mike Brandt is coming. Nice. There's a lot of Americans coming. This is it's the second biggest 40k GT in the world. I can't yeah. wait to try Bangers and Mash. I love Bangers and Mash. Who doesn't want a Banger? And some Mash. We got, Frank, we got Frankie Pub Food for the first time when he was there. He was like, this is great. I was like, yeah, the rumors of English food being bad are greatly exaggerated. Yeah. Yeah, I want are awesome. I want some beans on a piece of toast. That's good. That's, That's good. what I want. That's and then they good. have the they have different kind of bacon than we do, and then they put that on there. It's yeah. Yummy. All right, guys. Anyway, a uh, lot to talk about this episode. Obviously, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed it. Please remember, grab your SoCal Open tickets uh, if you plan on coming to that event. It's going to be a really good time. And take advantage of the FLG Matt sale. Uh, we only have what four days to go. Ooh. Yep, and then uh, Brandon, I believe, is doing a paint stream tonight, so make sure to tune back in to FLG TV Minor. Baby. And Luis, grab Will and Alex, if you can, get away, and make a trip down here. You guys can stay with us, and uh, it'd be fun to show you guys San Diego. 
and we can get you caught up on 40k too buddy yeah that'd be a good time cool all right guys, all right, guys.